everyone and welcome to Outside the Crystal Ball, episode 23. I'm Emily Minton. And I'm Reverend Ronald Flores. We are so excited to have Ronnie back with us on the show. And boy, do we have a great show for you today. We are going to discuss the Queen of Wands, talk about all the things you need to know about being an empath. We're going to review the movie and the story of The Devil on Trial. If you've heard about that, it's the story of Arnie Cheyenne Johnson. Um, and then we also have an incredible giveaway for you at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. Awesome. Sounds great. Let's get into it. All right. So we're going to start today with the Queen of Wands Tarot. And Ronnie, I am so glad that you get to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> you did good. I was watching the videos and I was like, wow, she knows her stuff. I've done well. You know how much research I had to do <laughs> yeah. to know that stuff? I was like, oh my God. I mean, you really went into depth, though. It actually makes me look bad because I don't oh, go stop. as in depth as you. <laughs> you were talking about if you're doing it in a relationship and money. And I was like, God, should I be doing the same thing? But yeah. Everyone should yeah. do exactly what I do all the time. <laughs> yeah. The world would be a better place. All righty. <laughs> so the Queen of Wands, if we take a look at this card, there's a lot of yellow, which automatically takes me a to lot. the solar plexus chakra. And if we talk about the solar plex chakra, we talk about that gut feeling. Funny enough, we're talking about empaths today. They work a lot with gut feelings. But anyway... She is the queen. She's one step below the king, but she's equal to him in so many different ways, right? And vice versa. So the wands, wands represent action and work, okay? Um, yellow represents the solar plexus. We just talked about that. The black cat, she's very spiritual. She's very in tune. The black cat is her totem animal or her spirit guide or, you know, whatever. But she's very in tune with her spirituality. Um, queens are known for that. And kings also because they are basically step below God um, in some in some cultures. But we also have the lions. Again, another animal on each one in on each side of her is a lion. And above her, there are two uh, symbolizing strength. She's a very strong person. She's very passionate about what she believes in. And she's holding a sunflower. If you look at the wand and you know that that represents action and work and you look at the sunflower, it's a very light feeling telling us that she's also has a little bit of a playful side that she is to be taken seriously. But at the same time, she, she's a human, she has emotion. She's, you know, she's the soul at the end of the day. And so, um, what this means is that maybe it's time for you to evaluate things and to experience a new endeavor, something that you've been wanting to do that you haven't act as the queen, allow things to run on autopilot in your life that, run on autopilot anyways. You don't necessarily need to, to feel always in control of those situations and start to experience new things in life out with the old and with the new type thing. Um, and okay. What else did I say on here before she gets bored? We need to bring something new into her life. Okay. Yeah. Because that's the thing, right? If you're a queen, think about this. You wake up, everybody's doing stuff for you. This is the autopilot feature that we're talking about. How boring does that get? It must be extremely boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, you probably don't want that. Um, it's it's it probably gets to a point where it's very redundant. It's very, you know, same thing over and over again. Wouldn't you want something new in your life? I mean, realistically, I know it sounds good to have servants, you know, bowing sure. at your feet all the time. But really, what does that do for you? And as the queen, she's supposed to be. Um, what do they call it when you're in the middle? Like judges, judges have to stay. What is that? 
neutral? Neutral. She's very neutral in situations. She can't experience a life in front of the people. She has to experience that life behind closed doors. But this card is telling the person, maybe it's time to open a new door and experience something new. Um, so yeah, that's basically what the Queen of Wands symbolizes. If you were to pull this in relationship, um, I would say that you might want to spice things up. Maybe you can find something for you and your partner to do that you haven't done before. Have a new experience that's shared. Um, if you were pulling this in money, I would say stop everything that you're doing and maybe reevaluate because we talked about that a little a little bit ago. Reevaluate your finances and see you know where there's room to make money. And uh, maybe that in itself creates a new endeavor. Maybe it's a new business. Maybe it's something. But there's something new that has to be um, in whatever aspect of your life that you pull this card for. I like that card. I'm also looking in the back and you can see like the mountains on, on her right. And I don't know what this is on the left, but there's got to be some symbology there as well. And I love all the lions and the cat. Like there's that feline tie-in mm -hmm. all around. Mm -hmm. And cats were, especially like the Egyptian Mm -hmm. They were revered. You know? Oh, yeah. They, they were, were a put on a with, high throne. Oh, yeah. So I think that probably plays a little bit into it, too. That cat looks mm, very malnourished. He looks like he lives in an alley somewhere <laughs> yeah. and eats off the lid of a garbage can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he needs a bath. <laughs> he does need a bath. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Well, let's move into our main topic today on empathy and being an empath and being able to live your life while experiencing experiencing this, because I think my personal feeling is everybody is empathic, everybody's a psychic, everybody's a medium, but it's just how in tune to those things each person chooses to be or not to be, right? Right. Um. So when you think of an empath, what is your definition? My definition is someone who picks up on other people's emotions, um, their physical ailments, mm -hmm their spiritual elements, their karmic energy. If you name it, they pick up on it, mm -hmm. right? And that creates issues because that person, in my experience, the people that have come to me for sessions, they'll always, if they're an empath, they'll always say the first question is, how do I disconnect from the energy? Yeah. I don't, I probably almost 100% of people have told, have asked me that question. And so I want to talk about that today. But before we get into that, that's basically what an empath is. That's me defining it, by the way, based Absolutely. on my collective experience from it. Yeah, I think it's just someone who feels very strongly mm -hmm. into what other people are feeling. When you think of the word empathy versus sympathy, sympathy is like, oh, your grandma died. I'm right. so sorry. Empathy is your grandma died. My grandma's died. I know what that feels like. Right. So if you think about it that way, it, it's just you feel it a lot stronger and the words that I hear negatively about empaths that I can't, it drives me nuts. You're too sensitive. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you feel too much. You overthink things. Well, you kind of don't have a choice. That's right. It just comes to you. So talking today a little bit about how to, to turn that off, I think is going to be really, really helpful. Um, if you've ever experienced like an example that I think of, of empathy is like, let's say you go to a dinner party and you're there and there's 20 people. And the couple over on the right has had an argument before they got there. So the mm -hmm. tension is there. And then the guy at the head of the table just lost his job. Or maybe, um, you know, the lady across the table just found out she's pregnant. She hadn't told anybody and she's super excited. You're going to pick up on mm -hmm. that. You're going to pick up on, on the tension between the married couple. Mm -hmm. You're going to pick up on the anxiety from the guy that just lost his job. The joy from the woman who's pregnant and hadn't told anybody. There's all of that and you're going to 
feel it. And yeah. it is going to wear you out. And you're at that same party. A lot of people, there's a couple different ways that this can happen, right? Mm -hmm. You can walk into the room and you can feel all of that at one time. Mm -hmm. And it's so combobulated. You don't know which way to go. You don't know whether to scratch your watch or wind your ass. Right. And so or if it's yours or oh, if the anxiety is yours and you're right. like, why am I anxious? Nothing right. has happened. Right. Yeah. And then there's those who will feel drawn to go speak to somebody and they're really not sure why, but, or it just so happens because there's no such thing as coincidence. You're sitting at the table and you start talking to the guy who lost his job and you can tell that he's hiding something, right? He's smiling, but in reality, he's crying yes. on the inside. And so you start talking to him. Now, somebody who doesn't, who hasn't evolved their abilities yet won't know what to do in this situation, but they'll be going at it from a natural standpoint. They'll be talking to them and getting to know the situation. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, the guy's on his knees crying right. because you've opened that up. But at the same time, you now have taken on that emotion. Yep. So as you're talking to him, you're feeling it. You're starting to cry on the inside. You could have had the best night of your life before you came to this party, but now you're feeling sad and overwhelmed and, now you're starting to think about your own personal bills and things. And what if yeah. you couldn't pay them? And why do you feel so guilty for being so, you know, successful in life now all of a sudden? And so there's a lot of things and people are going to relate to this that are listening to the podcast. They're going to be like, I just felt that the other day with, you know, somebody. And then there's those who will walk into a party and not pick up on necessarily the emotional part. But somebody over in the corner has a broken leg and now they feel feel that broken leg mm -hmm. and they're like god that's painful and it may not be the pain that you feel when you broke the leg but maybe now you're feeling the pain that comes after and i've never have a, had a broken leg so i don't know if there's actual pain but i'm pretty sure that that I'm would sure hurt. there's gonna be some it's not gonna feel good. <laughs> yeah, i know everybody'd be breaking their legs but so you feel that and you're like wow, I can feel the the uh, throbbing kind of pain, like when you have a mm -hmm. toothache or something, but in your leg, and you're like, now how in the hell do I get rid of it? Yeah. And that's where people come to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, that um, our body kind of becomes this measure, like, like a barometer for, for other people's emotions. You know, you can walk in and it, it's automatically tense or it's automatically happy or it's automatically excited, and you don't know why. Yeah. And so some people take that and they're like, okay, well, why do I feel this way? You know, I, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling excited. And you're taking that on yourself. Whereas if you, I think you accept this part of you, you accept this empathetic part of you, you're able to identify that's not my anxiety. You know, mm -hmm. I can, I can, I'm able to detach from that. It's not mine. That's right. not my, you know, tension. That's not my argument with, right. with my husband. I can detach from that. So I think that's something that, that is important to do because I have been in situations where you walk in and your stomach sinks. Mm -hmm. And you don't know why, mm -hmm. or you just roll your eyes and you don't know why, you know, and yep. I don't want to say it's always a negative feeling, but it's the negative feelings that we don't like. You know, if you're right. just happy all of a sudden, oh, for well, no reason, you don't you're question like, it. Right. You don't question like, this it. This is great. I'm just, you know, all this dopamine is wonderful. Right. But when you come in and all of a sudden you're just feeling, ugh. yeah, and we all have those people mm -hmm. in our life. We all have those people that will come to you or call you and you see their name on your phone and you're like, yeah, <sighs> okay. <laughs> You know, get your energy ready because I'm going to have to deal with some drama that's coming yep. through the phone or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, the energy blast, too. Do you experience that? Walking Define into places? energy. Oh, well, well there's like an overwhelming yeah. sense of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever it is, whatever the emotion is, just mm -hmm. that blast of energy. And it is draining. Yeah. 
it's all those people that's in that room or maybe the people that just left or whatever the case is. It's them manifesting. They're unknowingly manifesting or some may know that they're manifesting. Um, so, yeah, I have experienced that a couple times, actually. You know, when I get my my empathy or the, that ability really kicks into gear is when I go to Walmart. I avoid Walmart like the plague. But here's the thing, friends. It's the cheapest. So there's times you got to go. So when I get home from the store, from Walmart, even like Target or wherever, the grocery store, especially it's almost Thanksgiving. I got to go to the freaking grocery store today. And it is going to be a- Today? Yeah. It's going to be a madhouse. You're insane. You could call me later and I'm going to be the biggest grouch because I'm going to go into that store. Mm Mm-mm. And I'm going to feel everybody's emotion. Everybody's anxious and trying to hurry and trying to get all their food and all the stuff that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to come home and unplug. I'm going to have to come home and sit on my couch and just stare at a wall for mm-hmm. a few minutes mm-hmm. to release all of that energy. Does that happen to you when you go places? It does. Yeah. And I have to remind myself because sometimes I get so caught up in it. I'm like, okay, these are not my emotions. Mm-hmm. Where do they belong? And why am I experiencing them? Um, which is actually one of the first steps to overcoming that spiritual connection. Um, I can't speak on the physical connection, but the spiritual connection, you have to kind of admit that you have a problem, right? It's kind of like you have to acknowledge what's going on and accept it because unfortunately or fortunately, however you look at the glass, um, it is a spiritual element. It's a spiritual ability and you're supposed to be using it for some reason, but until you find out, you have to really learn how to use it and control that so that you don't get overwhelmed or so you don't give the wrong message or so you don't feel the wrong thing, you know, or bring it back into your life or whatever the case is. There's a lot of work to be done with empaths. And I think that they're so desperate to just get over that feeling mm-hmm. that they're just willing to jump to the end. And I'm just like, you can't, because as we all know, I say you jump to the end spirits kicking you back yep. over and over until you learn that life lesson. And sometimes that life lesson is how to control your ability. Yep. And something else that I want to bring up and you probably experienced this too, but it kind of goes back to the negative people empaths. Negative people are drawn to us. They're drawn to those who have extra compassion and have extra empathy because no one else is going to give them that uh, validation, mm-hmm. right? So you may have, like you walk into a room to that same dinner party and it's the negative people that are going to come and talk yeah. to you. You know, I, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I go into a room of people and I stand in the corner mm-hmm. and I do that because I'm looking, you know, mm-hmm. I'm feeling, you feel into that energy. Not that I'm like reading people's minds and, you know, mm-hmm. there's none of that. But I can feel into their energy. And is this person going to be an energy vampire and suck the energy from me? Or am I going to be able to have a normal conversation? Right. Because it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting to get cornered by one of those people where it's just negative, 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 negative. And they've taken your energy. Mm-hmm. And it's time to go home and your night's ruined. Yep. So that's definitely something to, to, to start thinking about. Set those boundaries. I mm-hmm. think that's going to be super duper important. So now that we know what an empath is and kind of how to... I don't know. I don't want to say like determine if you are one because I I guess determine if you're attuned to it. What are some ways that we can kind of cut those? I don't want to say cut ties. That's not the right word. What's the word I'm looking for? Like protect ourselves. How do we put those defenses up? So how do you do it? Because you talked a little bit about it, how you have to come home and you have to unwind and all that. Mm -hmm. Before I give my opinion, I'd like to know how you actually practice that method. So I do a lot of proactive things for example 
I don't watch the news a lot because mm-hmm. even basic stories drain me. Watching all of the horrible things on TV, I feel it. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Um, <laughs> this is ridiculous, but I don't watch sad movies. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a friend of mine last night at dinner about this. And I said, do you remember the never-ending story? Did, or you're probably too young. No, you. I knew. Yeah. I you see, know what yeah. scene I'm talking about? That's going to mm-hmm. make you incredible. Which, which scene is it? The one where the little, what do they call that monster thing? What is his name? Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's not that scene. Remember the scene where Atreyu had to, uh, his horse was stuck in the mud and he had to watch his horse drown and die? That's the scene we were talking about. I can't even think about it anymore. It it broke my heart then. It breaks my heart now. Like, I can't watch stuff like that. Mm. I, I, so I'm proactive in avoiding things that are going to trigger me. Mm -hmm. I'm proactive in that. Now, however, if I can't be proactive and something does happen, um, prayer, protection prayers Mm -hmm. are going to be number one. Um, meditation, and I know people don't like to hear that word because mm-hmm. it's hard, but meditation is a great way to protect yourself. Ask for the angels to put a white light around you. Um, and just setting boundaries. I'm real bad at this. I'm real bad at boundary setting because I, I do want to help people. As an empath, right. you want to help people. That's what you're right. meant to do. And and so it's hard to say, no, you know, I can't deal with that right now. But that, I think, is a really, really good way to to protect yourself and and listen to what your emotions are telling you like listen to listen to your gut you mm-hmm. know as a clairsentient i listen to my gut that's 90 percent of my information comes through my stomach and i feel like if you can identify you can separate your feelings from other people's mm-hmm. that's a chunk of that battle mm-hmm. you know being able to disconnect from it um, what are some things that you do? So the w- the way that I do it is let's say that I walk into a Walmart or whatever and I'm talking to someone and they start telling me their story and I'm picking up on that emotion and then I walk away from that conversation not even wanting to shop anymore. Let's say that I was right. so excited to walk in there and just get my groceries because they had all, a you new- will never be excited. <laughs> To walk in there okay continue <laughs> no that's not true because i always check when i go into walmart the first thing i check is the oreos i have to know if they have a new flavor cereal to know if they have if they have a new flavor and ice cream to know the new flavors nice so let's say that i'm on a mission to go find a new oreo please return the blueberry pie oreo if you're listening return the blueberry, blueberry. Pie, is that a thing? oh my god it was and it should still be regularly. Oh. But anyways, let's say that they return. And okay. I'm so excited about this. Big day. And then I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking to this lady. And she's telling me maybe how her daughter just passed. Or whatever the case is. And then I'm walking away. And I'm like, I don't even want my Oreos oh. anymore. You know? And it's like, I just walk out of the store. Yeah. So let's say that that's the scenario. I would probably go back to my car in the parking lot. And I would immediately just take a few deep breaths and be like, okay, we have to get rid of this feeling. Mm -hmm. Because if I leave this parking lot and I drive home sad, all that's going to do is keep building and building and building. Because then I'm going to start thinking about my life and my grandmother who I lost and all these people. And then everything when I get home by that time, I'm so drained that I'm just like bed. I'm depressed. That's it. Right. Off of one little interaction with someone. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was a little interaction. But for them, it was the best interaction because they got it off their shoulders, but they transferred the energy to me. And so anyways, I would probably take a few deep breaths in my car and then I would acknowledge that it happened. And I'd be like, okay, this is not my loss. I'm supposed to 
basically act as a quartz crystal. I'm soaking up that energy and I'm releasing it back into the universe as renewed energy. We want to we want to create positivity, not anything that's negative. And and losing, you know, a family member isn't necessarily a negative situation, but it's a sad one, right. okay? And so when I say negative and sad, I'm kind of using the two together. But um I would I would release it back out there and I would do that through a quick meditation. For someone else, they would probably have to go home who wasn't very good at meditation or who can't mm -hmm. meditate. You have to get into that stage because that's going to do many things. It's going to ground you. It's going to clear you. It's going to get you hyped up for whatever's new, you know, that's coming, talking to your guides, them telling you, hey, this is coming. Watch out for this. We're going to inspire you and, and get you back to a happier place. And so once that meditation is done, you're going to feel a lot better. Maybe I can't say that for everyone, but this is me again, my personal experience. And so I'm going to feel a lot better and I may actually walk back in there and look for my blueberry Oreos. Okay. So, and, and if I see that lady again, and this has happened, not this situation, but very similar ones where I may see that person again and be like, okay. And I feel, I will actually feel like there is a boundary mm -hmm. between me and that person now, not so much that I won't say, Hey, or right. go talk to them again, but one that I become numb to whatever they're talking about. Right. Or the emotion just flows through me like a natural quartz, just soaking up energy and releasing it constantly. And and at the end of the day, when I'm doing my major meditation, I will probably think about that lady and then I will do something called cord cutting. Mm -hmm. And this is extremely important, too, because a lot of people need something tangible. And even though this isn't tangible, you can still visualize it. And we've talked about how visualization is not made up. It's your third eye right. doing something. And you may cut that cord and then immediately feel disconnected mm -hmm. from that person. And we're going to do a cord cutting episode also, guys. So if you don't know what that means, we'll teach you all about it. Yeah. So um, that's how I would do it Yep. Um, in, in a situation like that. And so you can kind of get the hint. You know, it, it could be any situation that may change my energy. Even let's say that I'm in a sad place, okay, that day, and I want to be happy. Maybe I can act as a psychic vampire in a way <laughs> because somebody I want to find somebody who's happy to share all that with me. Mm -hmm. Haven't you ever done that? Like you'll be having a really crappy day or you just wake up and not feel it. And then somebody starts telling you about their life and how happy they are. Some people would feel even worse, but I like to look at it as the glass half full. I like to incorporate that energy and I don't want to let it go yet. Mm -hmm. I want to use it. So that brings up the whole, well, can you use the energy? Well, sure. It's the energy is to be shared with you because you are that light worker. You are that person who's going to know how to use that energy and release it or just, you know, filter it and renew it or whatever the case is. Um, but yeah, sure. You can use it in whatever you, way you want. It's energy. It's there for you to use. Yeah. I also like to take, I was just thinking, just came into my head. I take breaks from people from time to time. Like you just took a break from me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was the reason. That was the reason. And, um, but seriously, like my, my, I have a couple of people in my, in my life where I just have to go, listen, I, I need a couple of weeks. And I've even told my mom this before where I'm, she'll be like, have you talked to so-and-so? I'm like, nope taking a break. Yeah. Take, give me two weeks. Give me two weeks because they are just known for sucking the energy mm -hmm. out of me. And I've learned that about them. And some people you can cut from your life, but not permanently. Right. You, right. You're, you're stuck with them. They're part of your soul group. They're yours forever and ever, whether you want them there or not. And so you have to learn how to manage that because you can't have people just feeding off your energy all the time. It's exhausting. So do you think that just Cutting that person completely off instead of dealing with the energy is the best thing, though? Or does that because you're supposed to be doing something with that energy? 
if I need a break for a couple of weeks, I'm okay with just cutting them off for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I'm not, like I said, I'm not cutting them out of my life. They'll right. still be there. And, you know, maybe those two weeks will give me time to deal with it and to process it. But there's, I have no guilt in, in setting that boundary and going, I need some time. Right. You know, give me some time sure. for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's uh, just some ways to, to protect yourself. I'm also, I don't want to say I'm not a people person, but I'm kind of not. But I, I, The more I think about this and the more I get into this work, sometimes I think I say that or I think that at times because of the energy interactions, you know, between myself and with, with people. And the more I learn, the more I can be around more people. Um, well, and I think that's because you just and everybody wants like minded people. We mm-hmm. all want to congregate with people that we like and that talk about the same things and have the same experiences and all of that. So maybe you're just still trying to find your tribe type thing. Yeah. And I think that we all are anyways. I just in that article I was telling you about earlier, it said that we were very lonely people. And I, I look on it and I'm like, that's because we're all searching for something. We're all looking right. for something. Right. Yeah. Empaths tend to be introverts. They tend to be people who, mm-hmm. you know, they, 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 they can't deal with the energy. They can't. It's a lot. It is a lot. Which and, is sad, though. That's why I want people to be able to learn how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that way they don't become a recluse. Right. And they don't oh, no. avoid situations because, and again, this is all spiritually speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be able to go live and experience life. We are human. Yeah. We are here for human experiences. A human experience is not to be inside. It's to, well, and that, I can't say that it's not for 100% certainty, because maybe there are some people who like that. But I'm just talking about the impasse that avoid situations right. because of the energy that they're trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. Learn to manage it spiritually. Learn to physically yourself. learn how through psychology and doctors and medical professionals and things like that. But spiritually, learn how to manipulate the energy to let it work for you because it is supposed to work for you. This isn't like a psychic vampire type situation. Psychic vampires literally walk into a room, they focus on someone and they take their energy. That's not what I'm talking about. This is a completely different situation. You're talking about more like day to day. Yeah. Lifestyle choices. Right. Yeah. And so go out and experience it. Learn how to deal with your ability. Learn how to use it to your advantage. You're you're allowed to have that. Don't feel guilty for accepting an energy that works for you, using it and then releasing it. Again, energy never dies, so it's just going to keep on going. You're going to give somebody the gift of happiness. That's great. Um, and But unfortunately, there is a balance to everything. There's good and there's bad, and there's positive and there's negative, and there's happy and there's sad and whatever. And so when we do encounter those situations where they're not so happy, you have to learn how to use that energy and not incorporate it into your personal life, but to take that energy into and use yourself as that conduit or that medium to be able to go in, take the energy and um, cleanse it and release it back to someone who needs it. Right. And so that's where we become light workers. And so we're, we're working with energy. We're manipulating it to help us and help other people at the same time. Right. And that takes practice. Lots. It takes lots of practice. So don't think day one, you're going to be able to, to, you know, cut, you know, protect yourself from all of that energy. It, it takes a lot of, a lot of time. There's situations, and I've been doing this, what, six, seven years now, and I still, there'll be situations where I'm picking up. I mean, and you're, you're going to. You'll, you'll talk to mediums who've been doing it 30 years, and they mm-hmm. still walk into rooms, and they still picking up energy from other people. Yeah. It's, it's constant. You just have to know how, what to do with it once it's happened. 
and that's a practice too. Yeah. And just think too, like you mentioning like mediums who have been doing work 30 mm. years. Don't think that just because somebody has been doing it for 30 years that they know what they're talking about. It's almost the exact opposite in some situations. Some people who have been doing light work for 30 plus years or 10 years or two years or whatever. There's a lot of different stuff that happens over that time. Egos kick in, egos kick out. Energy kicks in, energy kicks out. And people have to realize that somebody who's been doing it 30 years may only have the experience of doing it for three years because maybe they did it out of a place of uh, bad intentions or maybe they didn't renew the energy or do their, I call them my continuing education, you know. Yeah. You have to constantly Keep be learning. on renewal. And so really, have they been doing it that long or have they been doing it as long as I have? You know, so... Mm -hmm. Don't think that. I just want to throw that out there because that actually happens a lot. And this is off topic, but people will come to me and they'll be like, well, I went to so-and-so because she did it and she charged $125. And then, you know, you've only been doing it for 14 years and you only charge $50. And so I went to her first because I thought maybe that would be a better experience. And it was not the case. And, th and it may be the case for some people. I'm not saying that it isn't for everyone who charges $125 and has been doing it 30 years. I'm not trying to, you know, say that, but it's not necessarily always the case. Yeah. So let's talk about the movie. So I was in on my trip in Virginia and I called you or you texted you or something. Yeah. I was like, you have to watch this. I loved it. It's going to agree with you because you and I almost meet in the middle for this kind of subject. And then there are differences <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. That's great. I would like to know the listeners too. Like if you're listening, you know, leave a comment or whatever and let us know what you think. If you've seen the movie, if you haven't, I would suggest watching it and letting us know your thoughts because this is a very important topic here. I'm going to put a poll on Spotify too for those okay. of you listening on Spotify to, to see what your opinion on this is. Awesome. So go look for that poll. Um, we watched The Devil on Trial, which is on Netflix. Netflix. Can we say that name? I was allegedly on Netflix. Allegedly <laughs> on the one that rhymes with Pletplix. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> anyways, um, so if you know what we're talking about, the Arnie situation, what's his Arnie name? Arnie Cheyenne Johnson. Yeah. yeah. So he was um, on trial back in the was early 80s, I think it was, late 70s, early 80s. Yep. I think that's the clothing, clothing style that I was looking oh, at. Oh my it God. It was real good. It yeah. was real good. Yeah. But he was on trial because he murdered someone he stabbed them to death and said that he was possessed by the devil when it happened and so they put him on trial and that was his defense i was possessed ended up serving five years in jail um he was convicted served five years and now he's out living his best life so the backstory of it is if you haven't heard the story there was a, a boy named david david's sister debbie was dating arnie right so there's our key players mm -hmm. there they decided, David and his family, his mom, his dad, they moved to a new home. When they got to this new home, long story short, David became possessed. They contacted the Warrens. You know how I feel about the Warrens. And the Warrens came in and um, arranged for an exorcism. David was exorcised. Then, um, supposedly, during that exorcism, Arnie said to the demon or whoever quit picking on this kid come pick on me come pick on me well the demon went okay and and did just that and so at one point his girlfriend debbie which is david's sister 
was working at a, a grooming or a vet office or something. And the owner of that made Ar- Arnie upset. He, I don't remember exactly how they were having some drinks at lunch and Arnie stabbed this guy to death. He said it was because he was possessed. He didn't remember any of it. Yada, yada, yada. Um, so that's the, the basis of the story. This documentary was really good because they interviewed David, now who's now an adult. Who it started with, by the way. Yep, this whole it, thing started it with. It all started with. And he is 100% convinced he was possessed. They interviewed Arnie, who is now out of jail and has been for, for several decades, a couple decades. Mm-hmm. That's really crazy that the 80s, that's like 40 years ago. That's crazy. Anyway. We're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> then um, they also interviewed the brother, David's brother. Yeah. Oh, Carl, yeah. That. Who was. <laughs> listen, I Listen, like don't give too much away because if they watch it, yeah. then the ending's going to be ruined. So they interviewed those three players and they had some interviews with Debbie, the sister from shows that, that they did, you know, a documentary on this a few years ago, 2013 or something like yeah. that. So they had, but she's passed away in the last couple of years. So the that's the gist of the story. Now, I, I don't want to say I'm trying not to to yeah, give away the I ending. Know. Here's what I I like though. I like that it was from several different perspectives. Uh huh. And I liked that it validated my belief that the Warrens were scam artists. Mm. I like that. I if you don't know, my belief is that that. Ed and Lorraine Warren, they had good intentions at the beginning. I believe that they really did. However, I think Hollywood with the Amityville Horror turned them to a profit-making machine. And that's all that they were concerned with. So this documentary does validate that, which I was very, very happy to see. So let me first start off by saying that I agree with you halfway on the Warrens. Mm-hmm. I believe that Lorraine Warren would have went a completely different way had it not been for Ed. And I feel the opposite. That's so funny because I feel like Ed was the one that was like rooted in his beliefs and Lorraine was the seller. That's so funny. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because I'm conflict of interest here because I am psychic or mm-hmm. whatever, but I... Every time I watch something with them in it, it seems like he's the one always talking about all of this stuff. And Lorraine is more focused on the intuitive side of it. So I believe I, I do believe that she would have went in a different direction. Do I think that um, David Gletzel was possessed? I absolutely do. Um, I and I and I don't remember the specific incidences that led me to believe that. But there was something around how the mom was so Christian and it always seems to happen to the families that are very devout and belief and things like that. And that's a very vulnerable person because they only see one way they don't see, they're not very open-minded again, not saying anything bad about it. I'm just saying that that may be recipe for possession. I'm not a demonologist. I don't know that, but based on my experience and my outs- outside perspective, my two cents, that's what I, that's what I gather. I think, however, that Arnie saw what he was able to get away with, right? Because Mm -hmm. what kid cusses out their mom and all of this stuff, especially from a very heavy Christian household, and he used that as his last 
absolute defense because I believe he knew what he did, mm-hmm. even though that they even though they were drunk. Um, I I think that he knew what he did, but he just used that as an excuse. And I think because he had publicly stated for the demon to come to him instead of David, mm-hmm. that he was he used that because people had witnessed it. It was something and they all believed in it. So why wouldn't he get away with it? Right. And so that's kind of my personal take on it. Okay. Um, toward the end though, this is insane and we cannot give it away. You guys I know, have and I to talk about it, it so bad because it's so good. Yeah. I think, God, I, can't, I don't know what I can say. I think that sometimes there are things that can influence spiritual abilities. Okay. Whether that is a chemical, whether it is drugs, whether it is alcohol, I think that all of these things change our body and so they change our spirit too. Mm-hmm. And so without giving too much away, I do have some belief in what they were experiencing because what the mom was involved with. Mm-hmm. And that's all that's all we can say. Yeah. <laughs> so I I do believe in some part of that. Like was she the culprit for activating a spiritual ability? Was she because he doesn't experience it that anymore, right? He was saying as a grown, you know, he's a grown man now and he hasn't had any experiences like that. Well, why not? What's the difference? And what made that happen? There's a lot to it. Um, my belief is he was not, that David was not possessed. My belief is that they fed him what should be happening, how he mm. should be acting, how he should be behaving and what he should be saying. And then they were, you know, the, the brother that was part of it said, you know, two days later he was doing all those things. Mm-hmm. And that's what they have him on camera doing. Right. And as he's going through this, God forbid he really was going through this, they said all the Warrens were doing was taking pictures and videoing mm-hmm. and, and trying to document it for, for profit. So that's my opinion, just based on a lot of what the brother was sharing, you know, towards the end of the documentary. Guys, you just have to go and watch it. I don't want to give too yeah. much away, but it will, it, if you've heard of the story, if you've seen the, the, the different, the, you know, all these paranormal shows have, have done this. I've covered it. If you've seen all of those, this is going to give you a more inside look at the what what could have really possibly I did want to point out some specifics because mm-hmm. in the beginning they play the audio yeah. from these yeah. exorcisms mm-hmm. right in the beginning David Gletzel's voice sounded like it had a demonic overtone mm-hmm. to it and we all want know what that sounds like right yeah. there's there's a demon that's talking but you're talking at the same time it's like two different voices in one body but they played the same audio clips toward the end that did not have a demonic overtone to them. It was just David Glitzel in his regular voice, but trying to sound like. Mm. Now, I believe that he was possessed up to a point. So this kind of could go both ways. It really could. Because it maybe the demon left him and then he was still acting out. I don't know. Maybe it was just an act from the I don't know. Who did that with the audio? Right. Was it this these people with the documentary or was that a legit recording? So I, that I don't know. And you could hear in the audio the cameras clicking. You could hear the whirring of the cameras right, yeah. from back then, too. Also, there is a part in it where one of the sisters was laying it. Okay, so they had 
in the sister's room, they had a camera, mm-hmm. which is now creepy if it's I think real about creepy. it. I it's didn't even think creepy. about that until I just said it. <laughs> but anyway, they had to document this stuff. And so they had a camera in the, the little girl's room. There were two of them, right? Bed. There were two beds in it. And they were the sisters. And I guess whenever there was movement, it was kind of like an early version of a motion detection type thing. Uh-huh. And it would snap pictures. Well, the girl is levitating. There is no doubt about it. She is floating in the air in a picture. So I have questions. Yeah. Was the picture taken and she had just so happened to be jumping out of bed, but the way she's positioned is really strange. Was that that case? I don't remember seeing that on the movie. Huh? Yeah, no, it was, was on it? there. Okay, yeah. I remember that picture. I didn't know it was a connect- that was connected. Okay. Yeah, it's the sister. And that's the other thing, too, is like, the sister was getting a lot of this stuff. Why wasn't she possessed? Right. Why didn't she kill anybody? Yeah. And so, and so sitting there and watching this, you can see her. She's sitting like she's floating, or, but she's in a sitting type stand or stand. That's not, that doesn't make any sense. She's in a sitting position. Stance. stance. That's yeah. what the word I was looking for. But how did she get that? If she just jumped out of her bed, did she jump up and throw her legs up and all that? Right. Like, I have questions around that. It's hard to trust a picture. It is. It's hard to trust a picture, especially when you weren't the one taking it. But the thing is, too, like, to remember, like, back then, they didn't really have Photoshop and stuff. So this is a legit picture. There's no question about it. Unless somebody redid it today, but I don't think that they could have done I don't know. But it it was just the question that I had. And then I just, I wrote down another thing on my thing, but it gives away about the mom at the end. I know. And I want to talk about that, but we can't. Yeah. So let watch the movie, guys. See what you think. See if you, which one of us you agree with, or yeah. maybe neither of us. Maybe you have a totally maybe different. Maybe have your own opinion. Yeah. Opinion. I'm gonna put it like I said. I'll put a poll on Spotify to see what you guys think. Yeah. But yeah. I don't. I really like that it validated my thoughts on on the Warrens and their quest to become famous and, yep. and rich. Yeah. I could see, and you know, and that is, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I totally believe that they took advantage of that situation. But were they acting in good faith? I don't know. I don't right. think so because at the end, either. it was all let loose about how much they made and how much the family made. Yep. And it so, was not equal. Not even close. Not even close. Not even a percentage that a manager for a celebrity would agree to, I'm sure. Or right. a celebrity would agree to. Why would you take that much? And I'm the one. I'm right. the spotlight. Right. So anyways, there's a lot of controversy. Let us know in the comments wherever or go email us. Let us know. And, you know, um, I'm curious to know what everybody else thinks. I am too. All right. Now on to the good fun stuff. We have a giveaway. We do have a giveaway. This is a really good one. We actually were going to do psychic games, but (laughs) I want to do that on the next episode. So if you guys tune into that episode, you'll see a psychic games. It's a really good one. It's going to involve the use of tarot and it's going to really put your intuition to the test. Yep. Hopefully you've been paying attention. When I was (laughs) doing this, though, I forgot that we were playing psychic games because I got too involved with the giveaway and all the logistics behind that. So I want to grab our little giveaway bag. And on one side, it is outside the crystal ball logo. And then on the other side, it's my logo. Um, And so maybe we'll get um, Black Creek Paranormal to a little bag and we'll make one too for it. Um, We've included a few things. So this is a mixture of all the different things that we have going. It's outside the crystal ball, Black Creek Paranormal Services, and my ministry as well. We're going to give you guys, whoever wins... One of the little tumblers like you see us with. Mm-hmm. I forgot mine today. I'm on Coke Zero. Um, uh, so a nice little tumbler. And I really like these when you have cold drinks in them because the straw gets cold. Yeah. I don't know what it is that it I love about that, yeah. but it is amazing. It's amazing. Um, and then we have 
if I can get it out. Wait, where are you? Oh, you're on this side. A shirt. I'll let you showcase oh, your just stuff. Just a Blackfeet Paranormal t-shirt. That's the front of it. That's the back of it. Our cute little owl logo. And then we have an Outside the Crystal Ball hoodie. I want that. It is pretty nice, That's actually. Pretty nice. The inside is actually softer than I thought it was going to really? be. It feels really nice. Oh, that is good. So anyways, it's a little drawstring hoodie with two pockets with an Outside the Crystal Ball logo. And so the way that you enter to win. Now, when you go to enter to win, you're only going to see it for the hoodie because we threw these in at the last minute, yeah. the shirt and the tumbler. So, um, but it is for the bag, the shirt, the hoodie, and the tumbler. Yep. All those, right? All the things. You can find out how to enter in all of the details, all of the legalities, all of the rules, all of that stuff at RevRonaldFlores.com slash entry. And I'll post that in the description along with a, few, a little bit of information. Um, basically what you do, and this isn't the exact way, but this is just the, the general idea. You go to the website, you enter your name and your email address after you read the disclaimer and all of that, and then you're entered to win. You can only enter once. Um, we're ending this on, I believe, December 15th at 1159. So you have to have your entries in by then. If you do it after, then unfortunately you've missed out. So that gives plenty of time because we're only on the 18th. You're almost at close to a month mm -hmm. that you have to, to do that. And so we probably should mention it on the next episode too. Yeah, we will. Okay. So that's how you enter to win. Good luck to everyone. It will be randomly picked and we will announce your first name and last initial on our social media and we'll also personally email you. You have, I think it was 14 or 15 business days to reply to that email. If not, you you forfeit your winnings. And make sure you're checking your junk mail, your spam folders, because a lot of times if we don't have a lot of communication between the two of us, currently it's going to go there. Yeah. So you don't want to miss out. Well, and then watch the next ep well, watch the episode that we're going to announce the winner so yeah. that you'll know for sure. But yeah, check your junk because I just sent off a form to a client yesterday and she's like, it was in my junk folder. I'm like, crap. So anyways, good old technology for you. Love it. Love it. Don't forget, guys, to rate, review and subscribe on whatever platform you are listening on. Um, oh, wait, hold on. Oh, what? I forgot. What? I'm so I'm just it's listen. Listen, this is your first time back in, it the, in is. a minute. And You're it, good. it is. It's it's been a minute. The item, the tumbler, excuse me, the tumbler and the hoodie are going to be for sale. Oh, that's so right. we are going to be incorporating a little bit of merchandise. And I want you to understand that when you purchase merchandise, it is going to help the podcast. We're going to put the money back into it. And that way we can grow and find out how to reach more of you. But these will be for sale. If they're not on sale by the time this episode airs, it will definitely be, be before the end of the year. I just need to work on a few logistics and all of that. Um, but they will be posted on my website because Outside the Crystal Ball is not its own separate entity. It is an extension of Emily and I. So anything that we do will be posted on our websites. Emily's not at the point yet where she's charging for merchandise and she doesn't have that set up yet. Right. So in the meantime, I'm just going to put it on mine yep. and then you can purchase it over there until she gets up and running. Probably the beginning of the year, I'm going to start offering some services, medium services, and we'll post, post that on my website as well. But I'm super excited. These would make great Christmas gifts. They would. Just yeah. saying. Um, hey, and it's free advertising for us. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> 
But anyways, it's been great to be back. I love it. I miss it so much. Good we're luck so to all to of the back. entries for the, the winning. Um, next week, we're going to play our little psychic games. going to include tarot. Don't miss out on that one. I don't think we actually have an agenda for the next week, but I know that one's on yeah, there for sure. For sure. All right, guys, have a wonderful week, and we will see you next time. Take care.